0: This is On and Off Your Mac Podcast, Episode 95, Public Speaking for Yoga Teachers and Others. Do you struggle speaking and shining while you teach? No matter how much training you have as a yoga teacher, public speaking can be very challenging, whether you're teaching in a regular class or up on a big stage. And if you're not a yoga teacher, this episode is still for you. Some of the skills we learn on the mat can also help you in your next, let's say, work meeting, right? We all have spaces where we need to tap into our presence so our message really comes through. For today's episode, I sat down with Sylvain Hachet, a.k.a. Sly, for you anglophones out there. He is an ex-chronic stutterer that morphed into an award-winning international touring musician who has been interviewed on live TV and on the radio in multiple countries and in two different languages. He's now coaching and training people to end stage fright and master public speaking anywhere from a Zoom call to Carnegie Hall. And he's using Rockstar Presence principle that he distilled from over 500 shows in 35 cities around the world. Since he's also a yogi, I wanted to sit down with him to talk about public speaking for yoga teachers and yogis. Before we get to today's episode, I want to remind you of a few things. Number one, I am leading a yoga retreat in Mexico next November, so if you're craving to immerse yourself in yoga, nature, and community again, or if you're just looking to feel renewed and re-enlivened, this is your chance to hit the beach and the reset button, and you'll find all the info you need for the retreat on my website, and the link will be in the show notes to go directly there. Number two, in parallel, I have launched a GoFundMe campaign. Yoga retreats were pivotal in my personal growth, so I've been wanting to give back. I'm raising money while investing alongside the community to make the experience of a yoga retreat available to students who would not be able to participate otherwise. So if you are able to donate anything, know that you can transform someone else's life. And if you are in need, please apply for the scholarship. And either way, I would love for you to share it with the people you love and on social media. It's a really simple act of kindness you can do to directly impact someone else's life in a positive way. So I'll put all the links for that in the show notes as well. Number three, we recently launched a new membership platform here on the podcast. We moved from Patreon to WithRibbon. So now if you want to get access to all your premium content, including the video format for this episode today, or our 200 video class library, visit withribbon.com slash you slash Erica Belanger. And of course, you'll find the link for that in the show notes as well. All right, number four, last announcement of today. I am so excited for this, guys. I am thrilled. I've been wanting to tell you about this for a while. We are now at episode 95, so we're getting really, really close to our 100th episode. For the occasion, we have an incredible bundle of gifts for you, from yoga props to clothes to classes and so much more. We have joined forces with brands we love to celebrate the occasion, Atleta life form ajna well-being yoga tune-up spritz wellness london and some guests from older episode for some books including jason Niever. that was on our episode for acro yoga to participate to our giveaway you have to vote for your favorite episode that's it in the episode 100, then I will share your choices, so the favorite episode, and we'll go over some of these and their really good takeaways that were in these episodes. So check for the link in the show notes for you to vote for your episode, and that way you'll have entered a giveaway. And every episode until then, I'll present you one of our sponsors, starting today with one that has supported me as a yoga teacher for a very long time and has supported this podcast right from the beginning, and that's the cloning brand, Athleta. They make yoga and fitness clothes at leisure and so much more. Their mission is to ignite a community of active, healthy, confident women and girls who empower each other to reach their limitless potential. And instead of using fitness models, they have diverse women athletes of all ages, size and backgrounds in their ads campaign, which I love. They are a B Corp focused on fair trade practices, sustainable material, and production. So Atleta joining this giveaway has generously offered to give you guys a $100 gift card so you can shop and buy yourself some new yoga clothes. Oh, you have no idea how excited I am. On top of it, the 100th episode will also coincide with my birthday, just FYI. Okay, enough chatting from me today. Let's get to our episode with Sly. Hi Sly, how are you?
1: Good morning, Erica. Fantastic. How are you doing?
0: I'm so great. Thank you so much for coming on today. Beautiful. So why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself, um, your background in public speaking and your yoga practice? How did it come together? Or how does it come together in your life?
1: Well, the yoga practice, the music. I used to be a tantra teacher, but not everybody get naked, red tantra and have an orgy type of stuff. I'm talking white consciousness. Everybody keeps their clothes on. Mm-hmm. transcendental from the inside Tantra.
0: Yeah.
1: Also, as a musician, you know, you get all sorts of gigs. So you, as a musician, uh, I've toured internationally. I'm an award-winning international touring musician. But you also, I played in a thing called kirtans, so spiritual music. And I also play yeah. with shamans where we do shamanic music, all sorts of internal rituals concerning the music stuff. And the public speaking is what I teach now because I used to stutter like you see in the movies. I couldn't even speak. And being on stages all my life, I've seen a bunch of people, yogic teachers or, or like uh, professionals, go out there and s- speak about a subject they know very well about but deliver very, very bad speeches. <laughs> so combining <laughs> my coaching experience, I started coaching around 16 years old. You know, So I say I taught everything from tennis to tantra, but that, not everything. That's not true. So combining all that, I put it together in a system where – I help people have the internal transformation at the identity level so that they can go out there and speak about things that they know well, like yoga, and not make a fool of themselves on stage.
0: Awesome, so just so we're all on the same page, what is public speaking and why should it matter to a yoga teacher, even though it's not really thought in teacher training, really?
1: Oh, Lord, Lord, don't get me started, <laughs> Erica. How much time do I got? I mean, we really like for an hour, right?
0: Well, let's see.
1: Start when. We'll see where we go. Oh, good Lord. See, 2000, it started in two, 2005-ish for me. Um, in French, we had a company called ChangeonLeQuebec.com. Mm-hmm. This translates to Let's Change Quebec, which is the kind of a province. So if you're in Texas, that's uh, like ChangeTexas.com, right? Yeah. And yoga teachers would come to us to promote them. Uh, authors, speakers, trainers, um, people that were into vedic astrology or regular astrology or all these people would come to us and say please help me market my services and we would say okay we had a lot a list of people interested in all these types of you know esoteric stuff and some of them really far out and some of them just on the fringes of normal society quote unquote normal if there's such a thing and we'll help them out and then we discovered quickly that these people had a lot of things like imposter syndrome had a lot of things like they felt they were not good enough to get mm-hmm. out there and say their message. So we would have to kind of say it for them. It got so bad at one point, if we just put the change on a Quebec or change Texas.org story for the side, it got so bad at a point, maybe 15 years later, I'm in a place uh, in Quebec city and I'm hired as a corporate entertainer, as a musician with that guitar specifically. And the CEO of the company, having spoken to me a total of a few minutes in her life, asked me to do her speech in front of her own employees for the annual show. I mean, good Lord. So from the CEOs to the yoga people, this imposter syndrome, this feeling not good enough to step on stage in your own, being comfortable in your own skin, just as you are like, think Shavasana, right? Mm -hmm. Think how, you know, you're sitting there and you're relaxing every part of the yoga nidra, every part of your body is relaxed and you're fully embodied and your soul is and you feel the whole thing. Well, how about that? But on stage. So for a lot of people, there's a big disconnect between their actual practice of the yoga, of the meditation, of the mantras, or the dentistry, if you're a dentist, because well, for me, it's one and the same, mm-hmm. like in, in terms of helping people, you know, get rid past, all these internal issues, and the speaking about it. So the imposter syndrome was a classic one. The Also, the I don't have a book, therefore I'm not an authority enough to go out and speak on the thing is another big subject that that we had. Um, One of the biggies we had was people had such a big disconnect between their spiritual ideas and what they thought of the regular world. That it was very hard for them to translate the both worlds together to mm. speak in a cohesive manner in front of crowds, and the biggest one we were seeing is that money is evil, spiritual, and uh, stuff, and, and love and compassion, and enlightenment is the shiz. Money is evil. So they, 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 because you know we go out there and speak, you might have to promote a book, you might have to yeah. promote a seminar, you might have to promote something, and they will like they get squeamish about it.
0: Well, even if we take it smaller for the yoga teachers that feel uncomfortable speaking in front of a group, like not even having to be on a big stage, right? We can even take it like when you start oh, as you a mean, teacher. Yeah. You mean like like in a class? Yeah, I mean both, oh, but we,
1: okay. we need so many, talk.
0: so many more people are facing that imposter syndrome, not enough, not enough knowledge, even in the class setting. You don't need to be on the big stage Ooh. to feel like you can't be you're not comfortable speaking. So Either way, how are we becoming less self-conscious? How do we get rid of self-doubt or the unconscious pattern that might get in our way?
1: Okay, okay, we okay, we need to talk. Let let, let me get a name. What's the name of one of your person that follows this? So like Isabella Dorothy, sure. like I need to I need to okay, let's be Dorothy, okay? Dorothy, All right. Dorothy.
0: Dorothy. Dorothy is a yoga teacher that just got her two hundred hour and she is freaking out about standing in front of her group. Okay. Just to talk what she knows about. She knows about yoga. She's been a student for 10 years. But all of a sudden, she's a teacher, and that's different.
1: We need to talk, Dorothy. We're not kidding anymore.
0: Mm-mm. There's a movie
1: called Catch Me If You Can. You've heard about it, Erica? Yep. Catch <laughs> Me If You Can. It's a criminal who've done a bunch of horrible things. And one of the horrible things he did is he taught some sort of a history lesson class in school or in college for like years or whatever it is. I forget the details. And when they caught him, when the police caught them, they asked him, well, how did you pull off faking being history teacher, or whatever it was? He said, well, easy. I was just one chapter ahead of the students. <laughs> I would just read the chapter and then teach it. They would learn it and I would have a week to read the other one. So Dorothy. I love that. He, I mean, you're not teaching. See what I wanted to do when the first time the spiritual stuff started happening to me and this or that, I became kind of a crazy yogi. I wanted to move in how, how do you say grot in English? A cave. I want my goal was to physically move into a cave and live there and uh-huh. just meditate. I became a celibate monk on purpose for months. I would do this type of stuff. 12 to 18 hours a day for like two years and a half. That's all I was thinking about. So you're not teaching to a maniac like me at this time. And you're not even teaching probably to a maniac like you going out and probably reading all of that, studying all of that, only thinking about that and constantly improving. You're teaching to Janet. And Teresa that come out from work and want to learn a little bit about this. You you need to make sure that you're not speaking to yourself at the level you are at. You're you're turning around and you're speaking to people who know less than you. But they can be six feet behind you, 60 feet behind you, or six miles behind you. Mm -hmm. Focus on actually helping Teresa, who's just come back from work. She hates her job. She's outside of her body she's constipated, she can't breathe, and she's constantly arguing her, uh, about something that happened in the past and worrying about the future. You bring her in the present moment right here, right now. She takes a few breaths. So when, to, when you're teaching her to become aware that when she times her breath with the movement, she can start to get the flow going. She can feel good about herself, and she can let start to release some of the inner blockages. Now, when you're doing the practice, you know you always start your practice with, setting an intention for the practice, right? Of course. So your intention might be helping her or your intention could be releasing your own self-doubts and block about helping her as much.
0: Mm -hmm. So really it's about the mindset and remembering the value and the giving aspect of the practice. And if you're coming with that as an intention, for sure, you're going to help people no matter how much you actually know. Like it has nothing to do with it. But if you're there to give, you're going to help.
1: If I, Dorothy, <laughs> if I take, if you take a guitar class with me, I'm going to start talking to you about tritone substitutions and stu- you're like, what? I just want to learn how to play somewhere over the rainbow. I want to play this particular song on ukulele. So the person who's that you're, practice unless you're teaching super hyper advanced mega 3000 cosmic stuff somewhere on the mountain in india or a high-end retreat for teachers if you're teaching for civilians right what you call yeah. normal humans.
0: tuesday 5 p.m yeah <laughs>
1: these people they do not want and then now for you for erica maybe for for like for me erica maybe for you it's very important the Maybe the deep spiritual aspects and the reverence and maybe back to yoga as a part of your practice. So for us, but maybe her, she just wants to chill out from her horrible day at work that she hates her job. She hates her life. It, this is her alone time. This is equivalent to you getting a massage and spa for her. It's mm-hmm. I got my yoga class. at sick now. So for, for you, Dorothy, it's I mean, it's so past you you're so far ahead that the fact that yoga relaxes you and is good for your health and good for your body and good for your spirit and good for your incarnation and the way you do in life and the way you hold yourself. It's for you. It's like so such a given that for a lot of people that come in, they're like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. They have no clue. So here's where you make a disservice to them. Spoiler alert. If you let that self-doubt get in the way, of saying what's on your heart for real to help these people, you are doing them a disservice because you're half-assing it. If that's a word I can say on this podcast, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By you holding back, by you being shy about it, by you not saying it properly, by you trying to not offend people, by you trying to take it easy on them, or you try to hiding, you hiding behind your I'm not sure if I can do that. Now, you're doing them a disservice by preventing them from having the full on letting go experience that yoga can provide them. And and please make sure you allow time for shavasana, which is my favorite posture.
0: Of course. So how do we embody authority and power, presence and aliveness? Like, do you have some tricks about, I don't know, posture or the way we move or facial expression? Or what can we bring into Fake it till we believe it in a way, not even fake it till you make it, but fake it until you embody it. What are some things we can bring in to start to feel more empowered in our position of a teacher?
1: There's got to be 700 tricks. I hate every single one of them, but I'll give you a few. Uh, It's horrible to me. I interviewed an FBI agent on my show and I asked her, there's a bunch of research on this. Like Uh when, when we meet something in nature. You're walking, right? Let's talk to dog with you. Again, you're walking in nature and you you see something in the woods. The fraction pay attention, in a fraction of a second, you scan, you decide. Meet with it, mate with it, kill it, eat it. There's an internal sifting system of whatever your system detects. There's got to be a thousand data points or whatever it is, and it goes like this, boom. Now, for us humans to try to Imagine that we can do some sort of a, it's called power pose. Mm -hmm. And for us, we can do some sort of a trick to trick that. Yes, maybe spies can do that. Maybe highly trained actors, that's what they do. But for Mm the rest of us, you're better off being honest about it than trying to fake it. Here's a great example. One of my clients, best-selling author, keynote speaker, TV personality, like a well-known guy, awesome guy. He was featured in some sort of an event where there was the 12 biggest speakers. That that was in Canada. So the 12 biggest speakers in Canada. And he felt at that moment on stage that he was not up to par, up to Mm. snuff, up to scratch. He felt not good enough to be, because all these other 11 people, he looked up to them and he felt below, he felt subpar. Sure. So at that moment on stage, he was making two mistakes. He was making the mistake of trying to speak to impress other speakers. But the other mistake he didn't make, he could have went there and tried to boast himself and try to fake it till he made it. Try to do something fancy or some sort of a trick because he learned it in the book. Right? if you if you hold a steady eye gaze, you <laughs> can be perceived. You no, know, he could have tried, but he in that moment he said, you know what. I'm feeling kind of impressed here. I feel like I don't kind of mix in with these, like, I don't feel like I'm up to par with these guys. I look up to these guys. And the, so the first row is these 12 big boys, but he's Did one he of them. He announced that? Yeah, he, he said that on stage. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the kicker. So, Dorothy, you're, 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 if you say that to people, what happened? The 11 others secretly feel that way too about the 11 other ones. Big wow. All right, that's a thing. So a lot of people come to me, and they they, they they're they're big shots, or they they they've made it. But it, it, this is secretly, do feel like that. So maybe there two you feel like that overtly, but know that some high end people hire in the status chain of whatever the status is. But in the eyes of God, there's no status, whatever it was. They feel that secretly. So he he told that, and by being honest and transparent about that in that moment, which is like a transitional second, then his energy shifts. Mm-hmm. Then his energy goes on in, and then, oh, the flow is established, but now it's not a trick. And that momentum brought in him and he allowed it to climax his talk so that people in the audience said that that was their favorite moment of the whole weekend. And we have 12 world-class big boys or big girls, whatever it was, speakers.
0: So it's like acknowledging how you're feeling out loud takes the power away and then you can actually center yourself and be in the moment. So it's not like a self prophecy of like, if you say you're nervous, you're going to be more nervous. You're actually letting that go, like story go, and then you can move on. Is that what you're saying?
1: That's what he did. And that's what you can try if you want to do it, Dorothy. It is a beautiful thing because that way you don't have to fake anything. And the yogic practice Brings you in touch with your emotions and your feelings. Now, you don't want, you can, I've seen people overdo it. Now, here's the, the, because this guy was, he's a professional speaker, he's a keynote speaker, so he knows how to ramp up emotions. If you do not know how to ramp up emotions, Dorothy, I suggest you do a technique called image streaming. So we'll talk about image streaming if we have time, but we can, you, you can overdo it. Never speak about emotions or subjects or traumas or things that bother you that have not been fully processed yet. The reason is it's it's it becomes heavy. It's like oh no, yeah. you don't want to make it heavy. So anything, if if you've gone through like some sort of an emotional thing that is hard in your past, and you've processed it properly, so now you extracted all the wisdom of it and you you you've made changes in your life. And you can use it as a teaching device now. So if you have the opportunity to do that with your past, you can use it to teach your student students in the same way. Because guess what? The way you're feeling on stage, maybe Teresa coming from work is maybe shy of wearing these tight yoga pants in the room with everybody else as well. So by you sharing some of that, they'll go, oh, no, no it's okay. And then it 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 takes care of the elephant in the room once and for all. And from that, it gives you a, a springboard, a trampoline to trampoline off reality, and not some sort of made up trick. But we can go to the tricks. There's seven hundred of them, if you like.
0: <laughs> well, if you don't think they don't work, then there's no point. But I just thought that maybe you would have said, you know, if you stand straight, straight, or if you smile, or if you take a few deep breaths before you start. If you yeah, pause, yeah, there's, 700. there's you seven hundred. There's seven. Yeah,
1: all this, all there's seven hundred. So just Google, you know, <laughs> tricks to feel calm. There's, there's they're all there. But all what? Right. The angle I come at it from is that you want that to be the result. See, if you have real confidence, well, the result is you stand up straighter
0: Mm -hmm, and -hmm.
1: you smile and you breathe deeper. Yeah.
0: So let's say we're in a class or we're on a stage and we're giving the speech and we mess up, right? Like something happens, we forget what we're saying, we forget where we were, we get confused, the right, the left, we say the wrong word. How do we keep our composure? How do we ground and go continue i mean that happens to me all the time i want to say floor and i want to say ground and i say galore or like really random stuff you know and so any ideas of how to bring it back and and get back to it
1: have you seen on youtube the compilation of yoga teachers that fart in class when it's recorded (laughs) no yeah so aside from that maybe it's going to be okay. So you look at all the Pilates classes and they got microphones, they got 12 lights, three camera crews, and then she does some sort of pose and goes, Pfft. so that might be funny. And even then they laugh it off. Yeah. Now the concept of mistakes as a musician, we make mistakes, probably uh, professional musicians. I'm, I'm speaking of maybe 12 times a song. <laughs> Okay, 12 times per song. There's a thing called a refresh rate of checking. Uh, musicians and music, well, sorry, did, there's a mistake right there. See? There you go. <laughs> so, what I do is say, I point it out and keep on going. That's a lesson for you. I didn't make that on purpose. That was a real mistake. So, because uh, sometimes I think in French that speak in English. So, musicians, professionals, the ones who have a really, really great sense of time, groove, beat, and pocket, the the ones that make you dance. We self-correct and self-check our own time every single beat, and sometimes four times per beat. So we're checking like 700 times a minute, or whatever it is. And in that, we make tiny, 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 tiny mistakes Mm -hmm. that only us notice that nobody else notices. Beginner musicians self-check their time Maybe once a minute and make a, make a mistake and it's a horrible mess because it screws up the whole song and it stops. And then they go, well, I have to start again maybe then. So there's you need to distinguish in your mind what is a real mistake versus one that was about to happen and just a slip of the tongue and stuff like that. So yeah. this is step one. So let's say you make a mistake that has karmic implications for the person. Yeah. You make a mistake about whatever it is you're teaching that moment, because the relationship between whatever chakra and whatever things, and you, you make a mistake that angles them in a the way that their life, they will live their life in a way that causes harm to other people. I mean, you stop everything. You press on pause. You run out and you say, okay, sorry, got to tell. Man, this chakra is not really that. And sexual enlightenment, blah, blah, blah. You, know, you, you make it up to them and explain. So you make sure that they really hold their eyes and you get it. Okay, I'm sorry. This was a mistake. But if you crunch on a word, I mean, good Lord. Just to give you an idea, I'm still – let me, let me just check my pulse before and see if I'm still alive. I just watching my pulse. Yeah, I'm still alive. And by the way, who has the best joke in the world is a guy named Eckhart Tolle. You know this guy?
0: Yeah.
1: Power. Uh, this guy's so funny. Doesn't wear a watch. Has a book called The Power of Now. And he's there and he's speaking and he's, he's speaking slowly and he's mm-hmm. – Making jokes and speaking about identity, and then he says, "Wait a minute, I'ma just check if we're still now." <laughs> oh yeah, we're still now. So, so anyway, so you check on that thing. I used to speak like this. G- 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 good lord. And people would be patient enough for me to wait to get to my damn word. They felt like smacking me behind the head, but it would still work. So if you're looking for a word or two, this is, one, completely normal. Also, it gives you time. If you do enough image streaming that I told you about, Dorothy, if you're paying attention, it's called image streaming from a guy named Win Wenger. And every 60 minutes of this or 90 minutes of this raises your IQ by 0.8. So 25 hours is like 20 extra iq points for you so it will also give you time to maybe readjust your ideas maybe say it in a different way because as a stutterer I'm, i'm gonna tell you a secret here that nobody knows unless you've been stuttering for years when you're a chronic stutterer and all you can do is stutter well you kind of uh you resolve to it like well i guess that's what it is but there's a transition like right now i'm not a stutterer anymore there was a transition period where I would stutter sometimes and sometimes I wouldn't. It would depend on context. If I was being intimidated, if I was a fearful of being in front of someone or like depending Mm -hmm. on context. Now that is scary as shiz, because let me tell you what, you're not in control of if you're stuttering or not.
0: I I thought I was. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. You never know when it's going to happen.
1: Yeah. That's horrible. So they always self double checking and doubting, but then, if you're in a situation where you are stuttering some of the time and you know that there are certain syllables or consonants that give you tr- problems, troubles and problems, problems, right? Yep, there you go. There you go. You instantaneously start to have the five tracks in your mind thinking about five ways to say the same thing without mentioning the letter B, for example. Because B blocks. Oh, are like, holy shit. So the, the way you deal with stumbling blocks and mistakes is… Most of the time, people don't perceive them as much as you. Okay, I've seen this two story, quick stories. One of my friends, professional musician, Joel. Let's not say his family name, awesome musician, like kick-ass, like like Jazz Awards and stuff like that. Like a great guy. He's he's doing a show in his mind, is the worst show ever. Like, oh man, this is horrible. This is just oh this is great all over the place. You know, it's, it's horrible listens to the playback, and he goes, oh, man, this was pretty good. (laughs) So you can't trust implicitly at 100% your own heightened judgments of what's going on in real time, because if you go and zoom out maybe on an hour and a half, that happened three times, you're like, that's nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, I forgot the other thing I was going to say, though. There was two things I forgot the other one, see? That's another (laughs) mistake right, right there.
0: Yeah, losing each other. To- yeah, <laughs> but you were, I'm just going to come back to one thing you were saying. You were talking about now and Eckhart Tolle, and it made me think of a way to prevent a little bit of that is to be in that place of now and to stay out of the monkey mind. I find when I do the most mistakes, it's when I'm thinking about what I have to do next or what I'm going to have for lunch after class, and it's where I get kind of flustered or confused, so... Would you say that finding a way to be more in the present when you're teaching might help you make less mistakes if you tend to make a lot of mistakes and be in your head about what you're doing, what's coming next, the music, that person, and everything else in your life that's happening?
1: I mean, you only have so much RAM, Dorothy. (laughs) Exactly. So if you have seven tabs open and there's music and you don't even know where the music is coming from, I mean, at one point, you're just going to move the mouse and it freezes in there, right? Mm-hmm. So the more tabs you have opened, the less RAM you have. RAM is randomly accessible it's like, you know, being quick. Yeah. So one of the ways to increase the, the perceived moment of now is to increase your time bubble and increase your own internal presence bubble. A lot of people, that's the first step in my program. I call it the Jedi mind trick. If you don't have that, any type of inner work you do after that is just has no torque. Mm -hmm. So let's, so the the bottom line is when you go outside in nature, for example, at night, you look at the stars, your visual field goes, oh my God, mind blown, right? It's very 360 wide um, visual field. Mm -hmm. If you combine that with listening intently like in like a cat would to every sound you have. Oh my God! You hear everything, you see everything, and you combine that with feeling every mosquito, every bite, the breeze, and feeling. You know, like the 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 uh, is is the air uh, damp. You know, dry or like the depthness, or how do you call that in English? Le, le taux d'humidité, whatever you call mm-hmm. that in English. Like the humidity. Yeah, the humidity factor of the air, You can feel the bar. You can even feel the barometric pressure coming down on you. Feel the gravity, all that. You do all that. This is called external awareness, and it's very, very crucial if you want to coach someone. It's very crucial if you want to coach someone on their on their posture. You can see, like when I do this properly, I they call me like a, uh, a maniac. I see through clothes like muscular structures. So, this one time, too long story. But if you want to be present inside, you guys replicate this inside. Here's the mistake people do. When they think about their internal presence and they go, okay, close my eyes and I'm going to take my visual field and look, they turn it inward like this and they go look inward. No, 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 with your eyes closed, you also blow out your visual field externally like this from inside. You will find that in when you close your eyelids, you can see black or colors or whatever it is that you see when you close your eyelids. You can look into further and further into that unto infinity in all directions. And since it is your third eye that sees, not your physical eyes, and your third eye is located in the middle of your brain somewhere there, You can see 360 degrees visually inside of yourself. And you want that bubble to have at least, I mean, Dorothy, come on, at least the size of your physical body that you can do this inside of yourself and have space to move within it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then same thing with your inner hearing. When your inner hearing is you, you hear, now there's a thing called a noise floor in music. Like a basic hum, like meh, of all machinery, you know, like amplifiers and microphones, stuff like that. So you can only hear music that is louder than the noise floor. Anything lo- softer than, than that, we don't hear it. Mm-hmm. So above the noise floor is just, we call that silence, and the notes bounce off the silence. That's why we can hear the notes. If there's no silence, we can't hear the notes. So when, if you're hearing yourself, th- like one testing, one, two, inside your mind, if you can hear yourself think... That's because it, you hear it because it's happening on a layer of silence. Now I get it, times sometimes you get seven tabs open, so the silence is far, but it's still there. So what you wanna do is once your eyes are open inside of you in all directions, and you're hearing, you focus on the silence underneath all that thoughts in all directions, to infinity if you want, but at least the size of your physical body, and then the internal sensations, not the internal sensation of, oh, well, he pissed me off, because you know, the actual sensations of the space in which your internal life is being lived inside of you. So you could call that your aura, whatever it is, and you expand that as well. So you have internal awareness and external awareness, and if you want master levels of seeing through people's muscles, muscle structures, and aura and feels and stuff like that, and also accessing all your intuitions and guidance and inner feelings and being connected, you blend both of them. Hmm. So you do this by practicing, opening your eyes and being fully present in that state. Closing your eyes and getting fully present in the eternal state, and then opening your eyes and maintaining the inner connection to that, because you will realize that what you perceive as the difference between outside and outside is just an illusion, probably speaking. So that way you can communicate deeper, stronger, and have an impact, and you can see the depth at which the words you're saying to your students, how deep it goes in their psyche or their emotional bodies.
0: So it's really taking our internal presence to make it reflect our external presence, and kind of back and forth. It's not just that one is mirroring the other one; is that one leads into the other, and it kind of goes back and forth, like is yeah. that.
1: Yeah, you, you want to cross, Yeah, you want to crossfade both because if someone only has internal focus, then they don't see like if a teacher only is internal focus, he doesn't see that the students. Uh calf is about to split in half in mm-hmm. a certain pose. He doesn't notice that because he's only referring to his guru told something about his very, whatever the strictness of the posture. Sure. But if you, so you, you can adjust in, in real time what's going on to what you know, what's going on to what you feel, what's going on to what you hear with if you have internal, like in um, internal guidance system or intuitive, like whatever it works for you. So you can adjust that in real time and this makes it so that the act of living your life like that because a lot of people they they do meditation and that's their meditation and meditation's over beep 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 then they just live their lives no 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 that's a way of having these meditations, everything states. together of course 24 7 that's the that's that's the way you do it money for nothing and chicks for free that's just a song i I don't know but i mean it's a song by sting i'm sorry just came up so it's it's the way you do it is combining these states in daily living especially in teaching at least so that could benefit you immensely to because you live in these states longer so you live in these states while you meditate and during your classes
0: yeah so And you said one word that is key, and it's the word impact. And I think that is the reason why we need to think about our presence and the way we communicate and our skills as holding space because of why we're there and the impact that we're having. So if we're able to communicate properly, if we're able to hold space, if we're able to be there, be that internal and external we can have a greater impact on our students it's not just we're doing a parrot version of what we've learned in teacher training yeah
1: impact is can be measured by depth influence can be measured by angle or speed so if you have a student that seems troubled that has problems uh, maybe at home or at work And uh, is not in a a good state. And they have the choice between smoking a joint or going to yoga class. Going to yoga class for them was a big uh, step in the right direction. And took a big force of will at times. So if you see someone in a bad state. Instead of criticizing them or putting them down. You want to influence them in the right direction. So influences them, think of it like such big word, good and bad, if there's such a thing, but if you want to influence them in a positive way for their own life, okay, mm-hmm. instead of towards, if there's a universal bad, let's say crack cocaine, that's a bad idea. And let, let, let's say yoga is a good idea. Like yin yoga is better than crack cocaine. I can agree. Everybody, if there's one thing people can agree now, it's maybe that, okay. So you want to influence them in the direction of that, with having them ease into it Hmm. now impact is the depth at which the instruction is received a lot of people a lot of people know things intellectually but don't practice them Mm -hmm. a lot of people feel stuff emotionally but don't understand what it means so if you have enough presence you, the, the, that's where coaching comes in. The coaching is essentially, well, maybe not all coaching, but at an advanced level, is you're, 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 you're x-raying the person. You're x-raying their chakras, their body, their systems, their morphology, their um, symmetry, sim, sim, symmetry and how they are. And you're making sure that that function as a whole and everything in the same direction. So in terms of impact, if you see that there's a push-pull or like they're they're, they're having a hard time, just sometimes asking someone, is everything okay? Just that makes them feel heard, makes them feel seen, makes them feel understood, gives them a place of belonging. Mm. Because a lot of people don't go to yoga class to reach enlightenment. They would just want to, you know, belong. Feel better.
0: Yeah. percent better. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. Now, if I can do a caveat, if I can do some good to people... I mean, this one time, I was in Dominican Republic, okay? And uh, one of the instructors there, like a a tour guide, whatever, he he told hey, why do white people are so bad dancers? Why do you guys dance so bad? And I told him, okay, let me explain to you why we dance so bad. So I took his hand. I said, put your hand in the refrigerator, yeah? So He said, okay. I said, that's minus four degrees Celsius. He said, okay. I said, where we live, this is the ambient temperature, and there's ice falling from the sky and wind. He said, okay, uh, maybe that makes sense. Now I said, put your hand in the freezer. Okay, I said, that's minus 20. Bef- a few days ago, before I took the plane to come here, that was ambient temperature, and there was ice falling from the sky and wind. So said, oh, okay, so that's why you guys dance so bad. Yes, we got frozen hips, baby. We got frozen hips. So, a lot of these yoga techniques are made by guys and girls in India that sit all day and the full lotus and the whole thing. And they're like, so, I mean, we would talk, talk, talk about John, or I don't know, he just comes to the yoga studio once in a while and he can't sit properly in the, in the posture. The physical pain for him to get in the posture prevents him from focusing on his breath and his emotions and stuff like that. So, if I can do some sort of good for the general population, you wanna to go to yoga class. And the teacher, Dorothy, you have enough presence and enough wherewithal and enough compassion for the person to get him down to the fundamental of yoga. Because yoga means union. That's the root of the word. It's union. So if the pain in his hip prevents him from experiencing that union with cosmic consciousness or whatever it is in the one that you're teaching – Well, then you want to go for the gold specifically and maybe adjust his posture for him with an easier way of doing it so that they can start to experience that union. And maybe this union will prompt him to go deeper into practice,
0: if that makes sense. Totally. Anything else you want to add on before we wrap it up?
1: I love yoga. One takeaway
0: for listeners. Oh, man.
1: I love yoga. I absolutely love this. I mean... I was doing it crazily with all this, you know, the advanced crazy stuff. Nowadays, not so much, but I always kept I always keep the uh, sun salutation every day as the basis of just getting up and warming up. I mean, this is such a nice thing. And for a lot of people, it gets into maybe competitive yoga or uh, flashy yoga or back T te- there's there's like 12 this, this uh, big variety. I mean, it's it's just a place for you to feel home. Now, impact is a word, but contribute is another one. So you're contributing to the well-being of these people. They're there for a reason. They love you, Dorothy. If they take the time, because I mean, by the time they step in your class, they googled you, girl. They checked out your website. They checked out your Facebook. They checked out your Instagram. They, they, they know what you look like, where you, what the classes look like. They've seen the reviews. There are 700 places around. They chose you specifically. So whether you want to take that as some sort of a synchronicity, miracle, or just half-ass, whatever I want to take it, you can stand in your truth and say to people with your full soul, your full honesty, your full might, let's take a breath together and unite
0: mm, love it i'll put all your info in the show notes but in the meantime if people have more questions and they want to get coached by you for public speaking or anything like that where's the best place for them to find you
1: rockstar presence
0: amazing thank you so much for your time today
1: thank you for having me this was great have a great day
0: you too Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast anywhere you listen. Come and connect with us on Instagram at on and off your mat podcast and visit withribbon.com slash you slash Erica Belanger to become a premium member. Get your hands on all our exclusive podcast content and more, including our class library. Check out the show notes to find more info about our guest of today, Sylvain Ashe, or my top five biggest takeaways for this episode. And don't forget, vote for your favorite episode so far and enter our huge giveaway to celebrate our upcoming 100th episode. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making all of this possible. So once again, thank you guys for listening. Until next time.